0: This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to toefop.com for more. Relax, this is Top Up. I'm Charlie Clawson.
1: I am Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. Um, not necessarily relaxed because we forgot after one week of our doing our <laughs> new way of introducing the show, which is to get podcast Mike to count down over the countdown that this program also has on the screen. Uh, you started the countdown. We had forgotten we were gonna do that. But podcast yeah. Mike, I've gotta say, <laughs> yeah, quickly and professionally adapted to the circumstance and landed it.
0: Total pro. He was, he was a total pro. Um, I've had a lot of people message me during the week saying the story I told last week about the car uh, was very anxiety inducing. A lot of people, uh, I don't think necessarily enjoyed it. They listened to it, but it was kind of one of those like
1: uh, uncomfortable listens. I remember at the time, like, honestly, I was like, if, if you were not in front of me, I would be like, you died in this story. This is the ghost of Charlie has come <laughs> Imagine, in to through one last podcast what a twist. to tell me the story of how he died. Like if that's how that story had ended and you're like, by the way, I'm dead and I've made like a pact with the devil to come back and tell you this one last story about the way that I died. I would have been like, yeah, that actually explains it all.
0: Well, I uh, went to see the mechanic. Uh, so, you know, as I told him the story last week, I left it outside this break specialist and, um, uh rang them on monday and couldn't get through like the phones just weren't connected and and so i was like okay well i'll just leave it a day and then tuesday uh rang spoke to someone they weren't entirely sure of what i was talking about because i'm trying to explain that hey man like my car broke down i left it outside your shop Mm -hmm. on the weekend it's this blah 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 blah." anyway so i decided to drive down and i spoke to the mechanic and explained to him what had happened (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> now, when you say the mechanic, do you mean the brake mechanic, or break, do you mean the, the original mechanic. mechanic? No, no, that no. Said the brake this specialist. This car was okay. Yeah, okay, the, yeah, the right. guy. So this is a different dude.
0: And so, because I, I told, I basically retold the story I told yeah. on Tofop, and it's fair to say he had the same reaction as people on Tofop. Which was like, why didn't you just get a tow
1: truck? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we should actually have a Tofop truck. That's yes. what we should have. We oh. should have a branded truck. That like rescues people, but the only thing that you have to do in return to get picked up by our tow fop truck is uh, listen to our podcast. <laughs> you have to change or something like that. How much do you think a tow
0: truck costs mm. secondhand? Like if we uh, did like a GoFundMe or something, could we get a tow fop truck and we only pick up tow fop listeners?
1: Oh, so it's like the NRMA.
0: But for TOEFOP listeners. But for
1: TOEFOP listeners. <laughs> like,
0: you know, you've gone out for some oh, beers with your, with your friends. Oh, and it's sorry. like
1: my chair literally just broke oh, really? in this conversation and I nearly died. It was nearly the ghost of me coming <laughs> yeah. back to complete this podcast. Oh, my God.
0: It was the ghost oh, of wow. Will Future saying, do not go forward with this idea for a TOEFOP oh, truck. I He's trying it, to warn you. This will be the yeah. thing that finally ruins you.
1: I'm literally just going to have to replace the chair because that chair is done.
0: Do you want to do it now or have you, have you put the new chair in? No, I've got in? a new chair. Okay, Old
1: chair out, new chair in. That's how brutal it is here at Tofop Enterprises. <laughs> Take well, the you... chair out the back, put a sheet over it and shoot it in the head.
0: <laughs> you know what you need to remove that uh, chair from your house, Will, is a oh, Tofop yeah. truck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it would be great if we just became – like a gym's mowing franchise. Yeah, just completely like,
0: unrelated to what we yeah. do in our normal lives. It's just a, it's just a, a secondary business that brings yeah. in money for this so show.
1: Charlie and Will will fix it, <laughs> except we won't really fix it,
0: and we won't molest any children. I'm pretty sure.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it says in fine print on the side of the towtop truck. <laughs> well, this reminds
0: me of a story I actually wanted to bring up on our very first episode of the year. It's very quick, and then there's other stuff we can get on to. But it has made me laugh every time I see this person because um, I gave you three topics we could choose from, and one of the topics I gave you was I'm pretty trustworthy. Now that relates to something someone said to me. Um, Jeremy and I have just recently hired a cleaner to help around at the house, mm-hmm. so every couple of weeks she comes by, and uh, you know, and just and does the the vacuuming and benches and all that kind of stuff that we don't have time to do. Um, so when I met her, she's lovely. And I'm showing around and I say, look, I work from home mostly. Sometimes Gemma works from home. Um, uh, but, you know, like feel free to just come and go. If we can help out, you need anything, just let us know. We're normally in the office. And she was like, oh, that's cool. And she's gone. And if you need to go out, that's fine as well. Like lots of my clients just leave keys for me. I'm pretty trustworthy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and she left, and I was like, pretty trustworthy. Now, pretty, is that is that a caveat? Not entirely
1: trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are like, circumstances in which
0: my trust is not worthy. I mean, if if there was an instance in which no. I don't know, like maybe some money went missing, maybe like antique jewelry or something, and I confronted her, and she could she have a, a defense where she said, well, look, I didn't say I was completely trustworthy. I said I, I told was. Told you
1: I was a pretty... snake when you picked me up, mate. Yeah. Your fault, right. <laughs> Did yeah. You that's read right. The Bible?
0: Yeah, crazy, you don't give a scorpion crazy. a lift across the lake.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I think antique jewelry, that's that's beyond pretty trustworthy. I would think one day she needed like a dollar twenty for like the bus or whatever, and there was a dollar twenty on the bench and she took a dollar twenty because she assumed that you guys would Witness actually it. be happy with her taking the change yeah. to to get the bus. That's within pretty trustworthy, I would yeah. have thought. Yeah. totally trustworthy you don't even take the dollar twenty. even yeah. in an emergency situation you're like nah that is someone else's money I can't like you know just assume that they would be cool with me taking it I reckon pretty trustworthy if you leave loose change around <laughs> you, then it's your fault if it, if it disappears but antique jewelry if someone describes themselves as pretty trustworthy and they take your antique jewelry that is not pretty trustworthy
0: yeah, that suggests a level of kind of intimacy, doesn't it? Because antique jewellery is generally kept somewhere precious, like in a lockbox or in a dresser or in a drawer somewhere. It's not like yeah. you leave it with your keys. I mean, I keep my spare change in a bowl with next to my keys, not not Gemma's grandmother's necklaces.
1: Yeah, I think that pretty trustworthy is the category of if you've left it out, it might be fair game. Whereas like antique jewellery and stuff implies there's a level of safe cracking, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, well, we started talking about uh-huh. ghosts, and that's a lovely little segue okay. into what I want to talk about today.
1: Now, Charlie, um, I do
0: want to check just before we go on. Yeah. Are you afraid of
1: ghosts? Uh, no, I'm not afraid of no ghosts. Okay, cool. Sweet. You're, <laughs> Why? You're not, you're not afraid of no ghosts? I'm not afraid of no ghosts. No. Are you afraid of one ghost, though? I
0: might say, I, I I'd not go <laughs> as far as to say, I ain't afraid of no ghosts.
1: <laughs> you ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yeah. So are you saying- It's a double you're negative. not afraid of no ghosts? Or are yes. you saying that you are afraid of one or more ghosts? <laughs> I'm not afraid of
0: no ghosts, yeah. but I am afraid of lots of Most,
1: ghosts. <laughs> lots of ghosts terrifies me.
0: <laughs> um, after last week's uh, episode, uh, someone, or maybe two weeks ago, someone uh, wrote in saying, hey, what do you think of the new Kendrick album? And you and you sounded very hip and with it. And we are like, yeah, man, I can, I'm going to go see Kendrick. And the new album I've downloaded, I'm waiting to listen to it. And I yeah. sat there. Feeling like the squarest square on the block because I don't know who Kendrick Lamar is or anything. So I've spent a week listening to Kendrick Lamar, and uh, fair to say, I still don't really know who Kendrick Lamar (laughs) is. There's not one song that I could tell you the name of. There wasn't one hook that came out. I was like, "Oh, that song!" Like it all. I liked it. I enjoyed it, but nothing has really sort of you know settled in my brain as of yet. And so then I thought, well, I need to go. You know
1: what it is, by the way. I'm going to say this because I I did a big long road trip, and so perfect environment to spend some time with an album. So okay. like, these will just be quick. So two things that I have very much enjoyed in this last week, Bo Burnham has released a offcuts and B-sides and stuff from inside, like a year to the day. It's basically another comedy special. It's fucking so good. It's on YouTube for free. I would recommend that people check that out. Yeah. But the other thing is I was like, I'm going to spend some time with this new Kendrick album. I'm going to see, like, you know, because it does take – a bit of listening, I think, to to get into it. And that was the perfect environment. Long highway, you can turn it up really loud. Like no one gives a fuck if you want to skip back and listen to a song again because you're like, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I can't get that song now. I want to have another listen, all that sort of stuff. But then I had to stop and have like a Gruen meeting in the yeah. middle of this road trip. So I'm sitting in the car, two dogs in the back, like on my laptop. That sounds my, like yup. a Kendrick
0: lyric. <laughs> stop the yeah. car, two dogs in the back. <laughs> I get stopped by a cop. Why? Because I'm black. Yeah, <laughs> it's like will don't sing that ever
1: <laughs> so just me and my dogs yeah. so I, uh, the dogs are in the back and i'm on the like i've had to find like a roadside stop where there's like 5g so i can hotspot to have this meeting and uh so i'm having the meeting and i realize that after a while the car's just getting like a little bit warm you know like i've had i've turned off all the yeah, air conditioning and whatever so I can like you know have silence for the meeting and I'm like oh it's getting a bit warm in here and I've got the dogs in the back so um I better turn on the air conditioning right so I think like so I'm doing a read I'm literally reading the script and like we're playing clips <laughs> in and everybody's there in the meeting and I think I can just really subtly reach down And push the on button and that'll turn on the air conditioning and the dogs will get a little air in the back. But instead, of course, it it turns on what I was listening to at full fucking volume. So in the middle of this thing, just out of nowhere, Kendrick just starts fucking blasting full on in the middle of my meeting. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oops. Yeah, I did not think that through.
0: Well, it shows the difference in our two lifestyles because you're able to really just like soak in a Kendrick album on a long road trip with your two dogs, whereas I was trying to listen to it during bath time with Iona. That's because generally I'll have like long periods of time where I can actually put some music on. And great I movie,
1: can... by the way, bath time with Iona. <laughs> yeah, it's it. depressing. One like it's a, yeah, very existentialist depressing. drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one like eight Academy Awards. Though people don't
0: know that. Well, I get a little, I get a little chance in with Iona because she's obsessed with Humpty Dumpty at the moment. Like. Not just the song and and the nursery rhyme or or whatever it is, but the actual story itself. Like she keeps, every day it's like, Mm -hmm. who is Humpty? Why was he on the wall? What happened after they couldn't put him back together again? And each time I've had to like just elaborate a bit further just to keep it interesting for myself. So at first it was like, oh, he's an egg. He fell off, he got cracked. And the horse. Why is
1: he an egg? What? Like Has she asked that? Why is why is he an egg? No, no. Well, I'm we're happy we're... to ask further questions to prepare you for next time. <laughs> no, okay, why right. is Humpty Dumpty a sentient egg in the first place?
0: Uh witch's curse.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, good. he stole it. Oh, I'm convinced. He... All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I own her.
0: <laughs> Easy <laughs> audience. <laughs> you and my two-and-a-half-year-old.
1: <laughs> Much better than I was expecting. This is great. Okay, so – um, what did you do to the witch for to be turned into an uh, egg?
0: He stole, he stole eggs from her farm. So in oh, an yes, ironic great. punishment, she turned him into a giant, a giant egg. Um,
1: excellent. <laughs>
0: excellent. But uh, he works, he's a labourer. He works around yeah. his local town, um, uh, uh, you know, building things. Because this is what Iona asked, is why was he up the yeah. wall? Mm-hmm. And I said, he's on his lunch break. And he decided to just go up and sit on this wall and just like eat a sandwich and, and look out over the town. What um, sort of sandwiches does Humpty Dumpty eat? Oh, that's a good question. Scotch egg, Scotch oh, egg sandwich. That's disgusting.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, not eat egg. Surely,
0: does Hunty Dumpty just have the appear, appearance of an egg, or if you crack yeah. that shell, is there blood and guts in there, or is it just a yolk? Is he a sentient yolk?
1: But surely, if he's working in the construction industry, Charlie, he's got to be a hard-boiled egg. Like the construction <laughs> industry is no place for like just a regular egg.
0: Well, they said they couldn't put him back together again, though. Yeah. So, if he was hard boiled, would he have fallen apart?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you fall off a wall, right? Yeah, and you fall apart. A hard boiled, hard boiled egg is still hard to get put back together again. Do you think it would, a hard boiled egg would actually? I mean, if it was a, if it was an actual egg, right, yeah. like a yolky like egg, then. They wouldn't even attempt to put him back together again. You get to the wall and Humpty Dumpty's fallen down. There's no way that you're looking at that going, we can uh, fix this. Well, here's They're what all happened. All the king's horses and all the king's men.
0: Yeah, because I only, that's the bit that troubles her the most is the yeah. fact that the king's horse and the king's men just fucking gave up on Humpty. Mm-hmm. Like, just gave up. Oh, we can't do it. Sorry. And so she's always like, well, what happened? Well, they just left in there, those fucking pricks. <laughs> she didn't say that in those words, but yeah. that's the emotion behind it. And I'm like, well, yes, they realized that they were ill-equipped Putting back together again. The horses, especially. Like, have you ever tried to put like a shell back together with hooves? Impossible. So they called the hospital. By the time they got um, Did they call um, the hospital as well. No, they called <laughs> the hospital, They're not the okay. veterinary hospital. They're taking right. him to an egg human hybrid hospital. It's a specialist, specialist ward. Uh, so they take him to the hospital, but then I say the doctor, he was- We wasn't... Need a
1: surgeon and we need a chef Yeah. <laughs> right now.
0: <laughs> so the doctor was able to put him back together again. And it turns okay. out it was just a hairline fracture. So it wasn't even, he didn't need plaster or anything. They were able to just sort of put the pieces back in place and send him home. And you know what? He woke up the next day and felt great. Then one of the one of the king's horses came around because he felt so bad. And he took him like some breakfast to say, hey, man, I'm really sorry. We couldn't put you back together again. And then they went out and they played like um, 18 holes of golf and had a really good day. And oh. he was fine. Golf, yeah.
1: A the horse th- and an egg went like golf together. <laughs> look, I'm no
0: children's book writer, but <laughs> we'll look out for it soon. The golfing horse and egg. Like I mean, every other Australian entertainer, I'm going to release a children's book.
1: Is there a chance that Humpty Dumpty didn't fall off the wall? Oh, he's Like pushed. what I'm hearing is that Humpty Dumpty, well, I didn't even think about being pushed. Maybe, maybe this is. Couldn't keep his bloody mouth shut. Humpty Dumpty's yeah. seen too much. Right? Because like, I mean, if it was just a hairline fracture, then like. Come on. The King's men and horses could have had a crack at putting him back together again. This feels like a conspiracy. This feels is it a like bit, a cover-up. Like is it like that? knows too much, right?
0: Is it that scene in um, is it The Dark Knight or, or Batman Begins where he's holding the gangster above the ground? The guy's like, that fall's not going to kill me. And he's like, it's not meant to. He just wants to send a message.
1: Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. To quite another Batman movie, if you're going to make an omelette, got to crack some <laughs> eggs, you know? <laughs> What the, which Batman movie was is that? Isn't that in like Batman? In, in like the original the Tim Batman Burton movie, one? isn't
0: it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right before yeah. he smashes her. Uh, her yeah, the, that's uh, right. Jerry yeah, Hall's yeah. mask. X of yeah.
1: Eggs and then <laughs> smashes the mask. Right. Right. They all finally ties in together. <laughs> and
0: now back to Kendrick. Yes, so I, like I decided to do a bit of digging online just to find mm-hmm. out who is this Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. And I stumbled across this article, which it just made me laugh so much, and I have read it a couple of times. This is from Rolling Stone. So it's like a legitimate publication and it is 13 Musicians with Paranormal Experiences. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> now, uh, the little intro is Halloween is right around the corner. Who wrote this article? This is uh, doesn't give a writer. It's just by Rolling Stone. Halloween is right around the corner, but according to some of your favorite musicians, so is the occasional ghost. Okay. Um, so Kenji Lamar. Now, can you guess what his paranormal encounter was? Uh, and- Oh, I might give it away if he had an encounter with the spirit of a famous
1: dead rapper. Um... Did he just see the Tupac hologram at Coachella and think that it was a ghost? Because that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing Kendrick was having a big time at Coachella and then he's backstage and they're testing that Tupac hologram and he thought he'd talked to the ghost of Tupac Shakur. Acclaimed rap artist and
0: activist Kendrick Lamar claims to have been visited in his sleep yep. by the ghost of legendary Tupac Shakur.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's the hologram? I agree. Other M. Is the hologram. Are, like, Eminem and Dr. Dre are punking Kendrick Lamar yeah. <laughs> with the hologram of Tupac.
0: Lamar spoke of the incident to Homegrown Radio, recalling how Shakur's silhouette came to him and said, Keep doing what you're doing, man. Don't let my music die. <laughs> now, if it's in silhouette, my understanding yeah. of silhouette is you are completely concealed by shadow. That's what a silhouette is, right? No. Yeah. Yep. And so if I had to describe Tupac in silhouette, it would be like sort of muscular, shirtless with that bandana tied backwards. Yep.
1: That's how that you could l- know.
0: literally be anyone <laughs> who was muscular and bald with a bandana tied backwards. It could have been Dr. Dre <laughs> pranking I mean, him.
1: It could have been. But like I said, Dre's already paid all that money for the Tupac <laughs> yeah. hologram. He's already got that. Why would he even have to bother dressing up himself?
0: Uh, this experience later inspired Kendrick mm-hmm. to the closing of the song "To Pimp a Butterfly," oh, yeah. um, uh, titled "Mortal Man," in which he samples his real life interview with the fallen rap
1: legend in 1994. Now, here's what I was going to say. I thought it was going to be when he met Ghostface Killer, no. and I, <laughs> like, like he came in to rap on your album, man. He's not an actual <laughs> ghost. He was just in Wu Tang. <laughs>
0: Uh, the next artist, Ace Frehley uh, from Kiss, has a connection okay. to the other side. Okay, yep. Founding Kiss guitarist Ace Frehley recounts two different occasions when both his wife and daughter were violently pushed down the stretch of their home oh, by yeah. what he claims to be a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> Your honour claims to be. A ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a worse, more pathetic excuse than they were pushed by a ghost?
1: By a ghost. I mean, come on. Like, so who lives your in your house? Just child. me, my wife, my child and me. <laughs> and a ghost. And a ghost. And a ghost.
0: Who likes to drink too much and push people down the stairs. Oh and wears star man face makeup. I mean, no. that's <laughs> He doesn't. Uh, Ace said, I always had a sense uh-huh. that here was some type of connection with me and the other side, he explained on Celebrity Ghost Story. Not long after Freely purchased a large family home in Westchester – he noticed things being moved around from place oh, yeah. to place. Mm-hmm. He once discovered his daughter at the foot of the staircase, mm-hmm. freely attributed whatever presence he'd noticed in the home must have been an evil spirit. So hang on. He once discovered his daughter at the foot of the staircase. Mm-hmm. But what? Like as in, it doesn't say, was she prone? Was she just standing there? Well, I assume that this- Didn't like they make a, an, an they- entire Netflix true crime series <laughs>
1: about this? Yeah, this is the original plot of the staircase. staircase. Yeah. <laughs> it was Ace Freely and his child. Um, I think that the implication here is that she's been pushed down the stairs. Right. But he's discovered her at the bottom of the stairs having been pushed down the stairs by this okay. ghost.
0: All right. Let's just let's just role play. I call you up, Will. Uh, who am and I? I say and you say, How are you going, man? I'm like, not great. Uh, um Jems had to, yeah, okay. yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're right. you and I'm me. James okay. had to take her yeah. to the hospital. You're like, yeah. Oh no, what happened? And I what say- What happened,
1: man? <laughs> I, I, I saw a ghost push her down the stairs. Okay, man, you, you've got to go to jail. <laughs> I'll come over and I'll take you to jail. I'm not even going to entertain <laughs> the thought. going to gonna... jail. <laughs> Directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. I'm taking you to prison, man.
0: Uh, unsurprisingly, Ace Really's marriage fell apart and his daughter moved out after the incident. Um, Did but she once move he... out
1: or was she pushed out by a ghost? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Once he moved back to the property with his new wife. What? Oh, You've oh. got like a deathly spirit in your house. You can't bring a new wife in. Oh, don't tell me she's been pushed down the stairs <laughs> as well. She immediately picked up on the
0: eeriness without ever knowing about the spirit in the staircase. She too claims to have been pushed down those same oh steps.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Ah, A psychic told Freely that his house had previously been inhabited by an abusive mother who'd murdered her children in the home. Ah,
1: okay. Yeah, I guess that is the most likely explanation for the series of events that have been described. I mean, I
0: imagine the new wife wakes up unconscious at the bottom of the stairs. stairs. And he's standing over and he's like, oh my God, (laughs) you know, I told you about
1: my ex-wife, my daughter, how they left. (laughs) Because that ghost, he pushed you as well. I saw the whole thing. You know what the interesting thing is? that Like... The ghost has pushed his new wife, his old wife, and his child down the stairs. But here's what I'm not hearing from this description. Has this ghost ever pushed Ace Freely down the stairs? <laughs> no. No, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> and I rest my case, Your Honour. <laughs> uh, is it pronounced Kesha or sign Ha? Uh, I like dollar sign Ha, but it's actually, yeah, Kesha. Kesha. Kesha's yeah. sexy supernatural mm-hmm. energy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember this.
0: Oh, well, you know this one?
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Pop singer
0: Kesha admitted in an interview with Ryan Seacrest that she believes she once had sex yep. with a ghost. I've got a song called Supernatural, she explained. That song is about me having sex with a ghost. I lived in this flop house in a rural Canyon, and there was this weird energy that lived there, and it used to keep me up at night and wake me up, and it progressed into this dark sexual spirit. It did scare me, but that's part of the fun of it. Right. I think it was Ace Freely. <laughs> then it pushed me down some stairs. <laughs> it's like that scene in Ghostbusters, that weird mm-hmm. montage moment in the middle of the film where, like, you know, the Ghostbusters are getting their ghostbusting on, and Dan Aykroyd has that weird, sexy dream, you know, where he's like mm-hmm. like a go, He wakes up and there's a spirit floating over him. Then you see his like belt and pants unbuckle, and then yeah. they don't quite explicitly stated, but it, I think he gets a blowjob yeah,
1: from, <laughs> from the ghost because no he, he
0: goes cross-eyed and passes yeah. <laughs> Are you out. Gonna right? call? It's literally sucking his life force out of him
1: through his dick. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Kesha, I mean, you know, that's like open-minded. That's what I will say. I'm not here to kink shame Kesha. If she like discovered a ghost in the house and I mean, that is the plot of the movie Ghost, basically, right? Which was one of the most famous romantic comedies of all time is like romantic you know, comedies. It's not a like a romantic comedy, isn't it? It's a not a comedy. Drama. No, it's drama. Romantic I think it drama. is comedic. Romantic thriller. I think that it's like, well, it has well, comic well, relief. Okay. But it's not, but I think it's, it's, not it's not a romantic film. as well. Like it's yeah. Okay. I guess it's a bit thriller, but it's not like a dark. Is the like, notebook comedic? Eh, interesting like i, no. I would <laughs> the answer is no yeah, yeah but i wouldn't say it's as comedic as ghost ghost to me feels more comedic i think it's probably the whoopi goldberg thing but but it does feel more comedic like there is a sense of this is not being played as real real right like it is a fairy story it's a parable it's a, like a altered it's fantasy. a romance like film I, I would never yeah. think Romantic that anyone comedy, right I don't think it is a romantic comedy
0: because it's mainly just romantic with a comic okay. a character who does comic relief. All right I'm let's gonna, see what IMDB say about ghost. They class it as a drama fantasy romance.
1: A drama fantasy romance okay.
0: and which and I would agree with that there's no comedy it's not I mean it's quite dark subject matter like her husband gets murdered..
1: Nah. Like yeah, but I mean like there's, that's
0: there's, funny. <laughs> I mean, if it's ace, it's a comedy to Ace freely, Like, <laughs> I think that there's one thing we can agree on: is Ace Frehley think that's a real bloody thigh slapper.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll concede the point that maybe it's just got comic relief. It's not like a comedy, but it, there are it funny is comedic, scenes. Yes, and
0: she and she was very funny in it. She won an Oscar yes. for that role, but I think that's what that's overshadowed, and it's also directed by. One of the Zucker brothers who famously made the airplane movie. So I think that's where you're getting your 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 comedy. You're t- highly attuned to comedy. You're like an empath for comedy because it's your job, and so you're like what? Well, I think appropriately. Like some people are psychics and they pick up on like energy. You pick up on comedic energy. It's like right. the thinnest trace of comedic energy. You'll be like, I can sense something.
1: I, sense, I sense, sense comedy. There's comedy here. It's hiding, but I can sense it. Let's smell comedy. <laughs> You walk
0: out of a carrot top show and go, no, didn't feel anything. They didn't anything. No. <laughs> wow. Do I have COVID?
1: I can't smell anything anymore.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, this is probably—I don't know when this article was written. This probably has taken a a darker turn. Marilyn Manson summons the underworld.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, not uh, here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna gotta go and him. Feels mm. like Marilyn Manson is not a great bloke.
0: No. No, it says here that uh, he and his friends would summon the un- mm-hmm. underworld. As a Christian school kid at the time, he pressured, he was pressured by his peers into reading incantations into mm-hmm. dark and, in a dark and supposedly haunted cellar. Uh, he would recite the uh, forbidden lines by the light of a bic lighter. Mm-hmm. He said he heard demonic whispers asking him if he believed in Satan. Okay. That feels like in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson's image and then what's come to light in his real life. Mm-hmm. This feels very minor. Like even without the horrible real life stuff, I'm like, this seems like not nearly as dark as like
1: you, you spit and piss on people on stage. That but to also, me, this is, is far more terrifying. If I was trying to make the point that there are demons that take over children when they do things like that. Like if I believed that that was a true thing, this would be my case in point. I would be going, look at this young Marilyn, nice kid, you know, nothing. And then he gets forced to and look at how the rest of his life went. You'd be able to prove the case yeah. Like well, you know, you'd be able to make the case that it was this incident that we're describing right now that set everything in motion. The demons did actually speak to him, and corrupted him, and like turned him into the person that he is.
0: That was a like a, a simpler time, wasn't it? The satanic panic of kind of the late seventies and early eighties, where it was like heavy metal and stuff. Well, you know, make your kids evil. What a simple solution if that if it was that easy. <laughs> like if it was sim- just the simple case of. You stop someone listening to a certain band or watching a TV show or playing video games, and
1: then suddenly they're all fixed. Like, yeah, but you know that, that also that they wouldn't get rid of it. There'd be some people who are like, you can have my Iron Maiden when you get it out of my cold dead hands. You know, there'd still be people going, "I know this is a solution, but it's my freedom to be able to listen to heavy metal, regardless of the." <laughs> You know, the message. If you can't define what heavy metal is, you don't get to have an opinion on what heavy metal is. You know what? The only way to actually combat heavy metal is to arm everyone with heavier metal. That is the only thing that can stop heavy metal. I do remember, like, not to the same extent as that Christian moral
0: panic, but there was a sense in my family growing up Catholic. I remember there were certain things that my mum and dad weren't cool with me bringing home because of the evil implications, like, I can't remember what it was, but I was obsessed with ghosts and stuff as a kid, you know, like eight, nine years old, and I'd go to the library every Friday. And if I could find a book on the occult, I'd bring it home. And I remember I got – I think it was called like the Encyclopedia of Satanism and Witchcraft. I remember bringing it home, getting my fish and chips out, sitting at the kitchen table, just going to plow into this encyclopedia of Satanism and witchcraft, and my dad just being like, what the fuck? You're not reading that? No No way.
1: (laughs) No I'm going to tell you the tale of a little kid called Marilyn Vance. <laughs> but, with, I mean, I wonder,
0: being a dad now, if I own her at the mm. same age, eight, was suddenly like, yeah. oh, I'm way into witchcraft and Satanism. And not in kind of like a fun Sabrina kind of way, but like the genuine, like I don't believe in any of that shit. Would I, I mean, Satanism for a start, we know now, is not really what it was represented to be 30 years ago. Like Satanism is really just all about individuality and stuff. They're not devil worshipers. But I wonder if there's a part of me which is like... <laughs> even
1: the even that, though, is such a ridiculous thing, isn't it? It's like, what? you know what? Like, modern-day Satanists aren't really, like, so into Satan, man. Like, you can come and be a Satanist and not even, like, really have to talk about Satan all the time. That's like old-school Satanism, man. Yeah. We're not sacrificing anyone. Then why are you a Satanist? You don't need to be a Satanist. <laughs> like, I, I always thought that- just be something else. Like, if you don't believe in Satan, I feel like it's weird to be a Satanist. I don't think they actually do, though. Like,
0: I think you're right. What you're saying is true. They're not Mm. Satanists. That's what – there is the Church of Satan. There's a great – do you follow it on Twitter, the Church of Satan? They're hilarious. They're really good because – anytime like there is this sort of moral panic and some Southern Baptist, whatever, will come out and be like, you know, Satan's evil. They're just like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> There's nothing, to, like Satanism has nothing to do with that. Anthony Anthony LaValle or whatever his name is, that, that book that he wrote was just all about, well, it's almost like a libertarian kind of philosophy, which is you just take care of yourself. Like you take care of yourself and the people around you. You don't owe other people anything. It's not necessarily the best message, but it's certainly not, like kidnap and sacrifice
1: babies to a dark overlord. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying don't call yourself Satanists. It's misleading advertising, in my opinion. Uh, but it is
0: cool. I mean, even though we know it's all, like, <laughs> crap. If someone was like, if, if I told you, hey, you'll never believe who's moved in next door, uh. but Satanists, you'd be curious, right? You'd want to see what they look like, what they did.
1: <sighs>
0: Would you not be curious?
1: Not really. More
0: curious than if I said Mormons have moved next door or, I don't know, like Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever. If I said to you, Will, there's like literally a caravan of Satanists <laughs> <laughs> and they've got dogs and I'm going to get
1: half of them. <laughs> My soul is going to be committed to the ninth circle of hell. I'd just be like, why are you a Satanist? If you're not into Satan, why are you a Satanist? That's like, you know, if you, don't call yourself a Jehovah's Witness if you're not there to witness Jehovah. And I just think that, like a Christian, you should believe in Christ. I think a Satanist, you should believe in Satan, surely.
0: Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just typed in, why are you a okay. Satanist into Google? Yeah. Um, okay. So this is from The Independent in the UK. A, a Satanist on why everything you think you know about the religion is wrong. Okay. Okay. This is uh, by Kashmira Ganda, The Independent. Picture a Satanist. You got it, Will? Are yep. you picturing it? I am. Tell me what you use picture when you picture a Satanist, and I'll see if it lines up with what she's written.
1: Um, I'm thinking like heavily tattooed, dressed in all black, maybe leather, <laughs> some sort of like shaved head as well, maybe, um, I don't know, like, you know, piercings, uh, d- dark makeup, like black, you know, sort of all sort of black and moody and dark and
0: bloody. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to continue with this because I've got to pay <laughs>
1: to join the independent.
0: <laughs> I'm going to find a... Well, you know what? It's funny. Okay, here we go. Yes. He's from CNN. CNN, okay. I've heard of them. Five things you didn't know about Satanists. Okay, okay here we go. go. This is better. Most Satanists aren't devil worshippers. Surprisingly, most card-carrying Satanists do not worship Satan now,
1: or any other way, form of the uh, devil. Are they yeah. card-carrying? Do you have a card if you're a Satanist? Do they provide a card? It's got horns at the top. It's really (laughs) fucking hard to get into your wallet. Official Satanists.
0: Uh, They're actually atheists. The Church of Mm -hmm. Satan, founded in the 1960s, explains it this way on their website. Quote, Satan to us is a symbol of pride, liberty, and individualism, and it serves as an external metaphorical projection of our highest personal potential. We do not believe in Satan as a being or a person. The Church of Satan puts the individual at the centre of the universe. What High Priest Peter Gilmore describes as going from atheist to atheist. Oh, I like that. Oh no, Mister Anti Wordplay Anderson. Look, and they won't. You don't worry, Satanists. You won't get me get away with Clausen and Orson, so you're not getting an atheist. <laughs> the satanic, te- satanic Temple, which formed in recent years to fight perceived intrusion of Christian values on American politics, says uh-huh. we do not promote a belief in a personal Satan. To embrace the name Satan is to embrace a rational inquiry removed from super- supernaturalism and archaic tradition-based superstitions. They can get on board with that,
1: can't you, Dr. Carl? By that definition, would be a, a no, Satanist. No, but this is my whole point. Is like you don't. <laughs> like I am those things. I don't believe in Satan and I don't believe in like God and I don't believe in ghosts and I don't believe in any of those things. But I don't need to join like it would be weird for me to go I'm going to become a Satanist because I don't believe in Satan. That, but that's you like, are an but hang on, but you are an atheist. Isn't it just saying I'm a, isn't it
0: just like um it's just uh uh uh
1: but like why do termology. you even have to it's- be something? I'm not even like an atheist. I just don't believe all right, in God. man. Don't define me. Don't put a book label something. Is that what you're saying? But no, but I'm just fucking saying, sinus? Why does that even have to be A, why does that have to be a thing? But B, there is already a name for that thing, which is atheist or agnostic, depending on what, which of the two that you are. You don't need to say I believe in their enemy. That's like saying I'm not into um Harry Potter, so I like go to the church of Voldemort. Like, you don't need to involve yourself in the Harry Potter extended universe in any way to prove that you don't like Harry Potter.
0: Okay, Uh let's continue reading. So this is the other point. They're okay with celebrating Christmas. Why would Satanists be okay with celebrating the birth of Jesus? Because the Church of Satan claims Christians stole this holiday from the pagans. Santa Claus has come to Uh signify indulgence. Uh He's a combination of Dionysus and Silenus from the Roman and Greek myths. God, I hate this. I don't know about that. So for the... (laughs) (laughs) So for the Yule (laughs) holiday season, we we enjoy the richness of life and the company of people whom we cherish Mm. as we often will be the only ones as we often will be the only ones who know where the traditions really come from. Bit up yourselves, oh,
1: Satanists, aren't you? Jesus Christ, these people are interminable. Like this is my <laughs> own private hell. No wonder that the Church of Satan, this is horrible. Sitting around with a bunch of Satanists Christmas going to the we ad hominems. Know the true, we know the true <laughs> yeah. meaning of Christmas as an atheist, if you know what I'm saying. And then they all chuckle smugly to themselves. I enjoy Christmas too. I don't need to parade it up in some other fake church.
0: They are the comic book guy from The Simpsons when it comes to fucking Christian traditions. Well, actually, you know that Santa Claus is a combination of Greek and Roman mythology. Michael Mars, a Detroit artist and member of the Satanic Temple, says he celebrates Christmas but not as a way to commemorate Jesus' birth. Uh I personally just view it as more of a time to be with my family. Yeah fucking we it all do, me dickhead. Too,
1: mate. <laughs> That's do 90% of the people who celebrate Christmas.
0: I feel like everyone should have the right to celebrate their religion, they do, but yeah. every voice has to be heard. Well, um yeah, okay, again, sure. I think it was. Also,
1: not every voice has to be heard. <laughs> that is also yeah. an incorrect statement.
0: Uh, you won't find a satanic church in your community. The Church of Satan doesn't have actual church buildings because that would be against our individualist approach to
1: living, okay. says the website.
0: Sounds like you guys don't want to bloody shell out for a fucking. I mean,
1: it's weird. The that there is a collective <laughs> in general if their whole idea is individualism, doesn't that? In People itself- belong to Anonymous, though. Mm. And isn't it just like that? It's more like an
0: ideological.
1: Yeah, but Anonymous at least are. Uh-
0: activists <laughs> you, <know>? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to hear about their <laughs> fucking views on christmas do you uh for a short time anton lavey mm-hmm. used his san francisco home as the church's headquarters okay. where he performed rituals mm-hmm. now the church is based in new york and its headquarters are not open to visitors the church of satan once had grottos or orgies and you're asking me mm-hmm. you hear grotto you just think mm-hmm. orgy right or local chapters but disbanded after those deemed after the but abandoned those after deeming them unnecessary. Mm. We have events uh, that are private and the Times discussed – sorry, we have events, they are private, and at times discussed later, such as the conclave in Washington, D.C., that marked the beginnings of our 50th year in existence, says Gilmore. The Satanic Temple has chapters in at least a dozen locations, as well as Finland and Italy, but it does not have a permanent physical temple. Mm. Mm. Sounds like – so <laughs> what's the – you know, that where you share office space, like work, what's it called, oh, yeah, WeWork like, or something? Yeah. It's, <laughs> right a, gi- it's arriving.
1: a giant WeWork scam. It's yeah. a satanic work scam. <laughs> or
0: you just like, you you rent a desk for a week to work in your screenplay and you sit down, there's just some dude in a black cape <laughs> sitting next to you, like smeared mascara over his eyes, upside down crucifix on his coffee cup.
1: Morning um speaking of it uh, just quickly just as a recommendation because yeah. you probably haven't seen it yet but if you have we should talk about it at some stage have you seen super pumped the uber no. story joseph gordon levitt playing the dude no. who started uber it, it's i think it's on like paramount plus or amazon prime or something one of those and uh it's pretty cheesy but as an insight into that silicon valley culture and how a company like uber can grow and be terrible and it's really compelling tv it'd be a good one for us to chat about at some stage ah oh, i'll definitely get onto that um here we go
0: the satanic panic in the 80s and 90s in the 80s and 90s american talk shows and news programs linked reports of animal sacrifice and ritualistic, ritualistic killings to satanic worship Slate.com, which explored the satanic ritual abuse panic, reported in 2014 that it all began with allegations of bizarre rights and molestation in a California preschool, mm-hmm. a story that took on a life of its own with the advent of the 24-hour news cycle. Ironic, this has been reported by CNN. Mm-hmm. As televangelists prayed for deliverance from Satan's scourge, talk show experts claimed that every imaginable form of abuse was happening on a massive scale in America that ne- and that networks of Satanists had infiltrated schools, the police, and local government. Geraldo Riviera claimed in a televised 87 special that more than a million Satanists were plying their evil trade in America right at this very moment. He's since apologized. Mm-hmm. They were. In
1: 1989,
0: <laughs> Oprah Winfrey interviewed Michelle Smith and uh, another woman who claimed to have recovered memories of being abused in a satanic cult. Sally Jesse Raphael, not to be out down, ran two shows on the subject. The California preschool trial ended with no convictions and an FBI report concluding that the satanic ritual abuse allegations were not credible. But as Slate.com pointed out, it didn't put an end to the concerns. A Red Book magazine survey conducted in 1994 found that fully uh, that 70% of Americans believe satanic ritual abuse is real. Well, that's still the case, right? Well, I don't know yeah. if it's 70%, but well, this QAnon.
1: Is, uh, I mean, this is the yeah, original version of QAnon. This is the kids in tunnels and the, you know, cheese pizza at the restaurant and all these sort of things. It's basically just the rehashing of the satanic panic all over again. I mean, Australia
0: doesn't get, like, a lot of things right. But I do think that at the non-secular nature of our society is so, and this is someone who grew up in a secular community, is so great because you just don't, like, that shit would not fly. Like, if you had a politician come out and say something like, you know, we've got to pray for the souls of all these children being abused by Satanists. You'd, it'd just be like, fucking what? <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> that just does not fly. You cannot evoke the name of God and try and use satanic panic in Australia.
1: We just don't, it doesn't work. Well, even to the point where, and because obviously the religious right tried to infiltrate politics all over the world, and that is also happening in Australia. And, you know, you do see it in legislation and pushbacks against things, of course. But even the fact that our previous prime minister, um, like his religion like was treated so differently to the way that it would be treated in America, you know, where yeah. there's that whole, even Trump had to kind of pretend that he was religious and go to church. <laughs> oh, and- <laughs> the greatest non-intentionally comedic bit
0: of footage is him being asked what his favorite yeah. passage of the
1: Bible is. Yeah. That is. You could not script a better <laughs> sketch than that. It's so great. So you can't be president of America without saying that you believe in God, regardless of whether you do or not. I assume at some stage there's probably been atheist presidents, but um, no one's ever been able to say that they don't believe in God. And and in Australia, that, I think, really holds you back. Even the people who supported, like, our previous prime minister, the fact that he was so, like, religious in his private life was, like, more a sense of, like embarrassment yeah embarrassment people were like yeah like let's not make it so churchy man (laughs) it is funny like i guess the tall poppy syndrome in this
0: country is terrible in a lot of ways we probably hold back a lot of you know real innovators but at the same time it does keep a lot of dickheads in check doesn't it
1: (laughs) and particularly like god is the biggest dickhead right like why are you (laughs) so up yourself mate this place isn't perfect so wrapped at what you've created well it's a fucking nightmare mate I mean, and an
0: Australian awards show, be it like a media award, entertainment, or sport. I mean, apart from Israel, loud. Thank,
1: thank God. God
0: you, you never hear. I don't think I've been to lots of award shows. I've never heard anyone. Thank God.
1: Yeah, I unless mean, it's Gary Ablett. Unless it's someone yeah. won a brown line. <laughs> they thank Gary Ablett. <laughs> it's rare that people like yeah. publicly recognise their faith in Australia. You know. And like, not that it should be a thing that people are ashamed of, but it's certainly not a thing that is a requirement in, in our country, no doubt. And that is absolutely one of the best things about our country.
0: I do have a clear memory of being, I think I was like 10 years old and still believed in God at the time. And me and a mate were playing at this playground, like on play equipment, and a bunch of bigger kids came and really badly bullied us, like threatened to bash us and stuff and scared us off this play equipment and stuff. And as we kind of sulked home, I remember consoling my mate who was really rattled by it. And my consolation was like, don't worry. When judgment day comes, when they have to stand before God, God yeah, he'll smite them. He will smite our foes. Like, I want a vengeful God. I want an Old Testament yeah. God. Yeah. Just roll up your sleeves. Come back as a motherfucking lion. No lamb. <laughs> no forgiveness. No, no forgiveness. Even if they fucking recant. I don't care. I want you to smite them and smite them down. Turn them into a pillar of salt. Send down the locusts. I want those bullies killed. I want their families killed. I want their animals killed.
1: <laughs> My God is a vengeful God. <laughs>
0: He will strike down upon thee with terrible vengeance and furious anger. Uh, Let's get back to the celebrities and their ghost stories. (laughs) A couple more to read. Um, Adele. Lovely
1: Adele. Is there a more likable, charming celebrity than Adele? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that she met a ghost because she wrote that song about it. Hello from the other (laughs) side.
0: Once a multi platinum pop star Adele moved into her beautiful new home, a 6 million dollar home in fact in 2012. Uh, why did they highlight that as if you pay enough money you shouldn't get any ghosts? <laughs> like,
1: well, is that know, how it works, well, mate? I didn't pay for a fucking that, ghost in this house.
0: Is that why Sydney house prices are so steep? It's like, mate, they they
1: eradicate all the ghosts before you move in. Free. That's the Yeah. That's the guarantee. Um, that's interesting to me because Adele's new house is worth like million or something. Oh, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm, going to Google that while you tell me this story.
0: Okay. So this is in 2012. She bought a $6 million home. So things have been on the up for Adele Mm -hmm. since then. She began to hear strange noises that gave her the creeps. Uh, The singer's lavish 25-acre West Sussex property had previously been a convent fit with its very own chapel. Apparently, Adele was so spooked by the sounds Mm -hmm. that she'd heard that she upped her security around the clock Mm -hmm. Uh, to be around-the-clock surveillance and tacked on two additional groundsmen to protect her from whatever spirits might have been lurking around. What
1: did you think they were going to do? If I know, the
0: ghost? <laughs> shoot the ghosts.
1: <laughs> you bloody shoot but that ghost!
0: Can you imagine being the security guard? Like your boss calls you and says, hey, are you interested in some overtime? And it's like, sure, like, yeah. what, you know, we're doing some Has kind of security detail. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so- let, let me answer your question with another question. Are you afraid of ghosts? Right. <laughs> I, ain't afraid I ain't afraid of, of no ghosts.
1: But does that mean that you are afraid of zero <laughs> ghosts?
0: Or? What I'm saying is that there's lots of them. I'd be very afraid, but I'm not a, afraid of no ghosts.
1: Uh, did you find the price of a new home? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, music industry juggernaut Adele has forked out a. I'm going to use the description "whopping" because that's uh, what Domain has used. How much do you think hopping. she paid? So this is in a uh, twenty. 2022 five months ago so in 2012 she bought a six million dollar house how is adele going in the next 10 years how much has she paid for a house so uh did you say i mean 100 million seems crazy it's not 100
0: million it's under 100 million is it uh 50 million it's over 50 million fuck that's still crazy (laughs) i
1: just can't i'll tell you i'll tell you what you get for the money how about this okay yeah, uh, yeah. It's in Beverly, no, then I'll be accurately be able to price it. <laughs> Firstly, in, no ghosts. <laughs> it's in Beverly Hills. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's a Mediterranean style estate. It's got eight bedrooms, twelve bathrooms. Um, it's a fourteen thousand square meter block. Oh um, my God. It's got a two story foyer, um, infinity pool, movie theater, professional kitchen, two story, two bedroom guest house. And gorgeous manicured grounds. Um, so uh, how much did Adele pay for this? 68 house? million. Higher. 72 million. Higher. Fuck off. 83 million. 80.1 million dollars. You know what I love about that also is the the point one. <laughs> they couldn't yeah, do around they 80 million bucks. And they haggled over that price. But um, now, this is the fun bit. Who did she buy it from? Another Hollywood celebrity. Um, Uh, Also a musician? uh, Well, I think technically this person may have released some music at some stage, but no, not a. um, Not not, known for being a musician. As a musician. An actor? Yes, an actor or actress.
0: Uh, Okay. uh, action star, uh, definitely an action star. Yep. Okay, so I'm thinking it's going to be Steven Seagal or Bruce
1: Willis. Is it Bruce Willis? You're absolutely in the zo- the zone for oh. what kind of actor? Okay, talking so about? Um, Sly, Sylvester Stallone, formerly yeah. owned by Sylvester Stallone.
0: It's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, there's only a limited number of very famous people around and especially very famous people in Hollywood. So it makes sense that these huge lavish mansions are only being occupied by other celebrities. Like it's kind of weird. It's its own economy. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I remember Kevin Smith telling the story of the house he lives in. He bought off Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck bought it with his first big paycheck and then sold it to Kevin and kind of like a, a fair price. And I was just like, that'd be weird. Like you've just moved into your best mate's house who I think It was originally Terrence Trent Darby, I believe, was the original (laughs) owner before Ben Affleck. (laughs) So it's this kind of procession of like famous people. And does it ever really feel like your home? Like if you've moved into the home that say, when I was, I went to a party in the hills once and it was, uh, it used to be Jimi Hendrix's home that I think was once Johnny Depp's home, which was now someone else's home. But there was this list of celebrities. Would it ever really feel like your place if more famous people had lived there Before you?
1: I mean, even the idea that a house would be the same taste for Sylvester Stallone and Adele is weird to me. (laughs) That they would both look at the same house and go, yep, this is the perfect house (laughs) for me.
0: Well, Mediterranean, uh, that makes sense to me. I mean, maybe it's Adele, but she's in the UK and people from England holiday in the Mediterranean quite a bit. So I can sort of see that. Yeah, no ghosts. The main thing was no ghosts. No ghosts. Um, do you remember Aaron Carter from Backstreet Boys? He's hang on—is he the one? Oh, Backstreet it, Boys. Had is he the little brother of the Backstreet Boys? The
1: one who's had some issues. Issues, I think.
0: Well, let's see. Aaron Carter, who's a triple platinum recording artist and younger brother of Backstreet Boys Nick Carter. Never told his family about the promise he made with his dying grandmother. Oh. According to the singer on uh, Celebrity Ghost Stories, Carter's fun-loving grandma. <laughs> enjoyed pulling scary pranks on him as a kid uh, yeah. but even still nothing scared him more than when she was diagnosed with terminal cancer oh, yeah, yeah. while his grandmother was a lifelong believer I mean, in that's life a, after death cuz not a prank
1: that's a horrible turn <laughs> to in a sentence like yeah. to go but like the pranks scared him but nothing scared him more than uh, <laughs> the terminal, terminal cancer, cancer. <laughs> Oh, we had some laughs. We often played pranks,
0: but no prank was bigger than the one, the day I told him I had terminal cancer. Terminal
1: cancer. Uh,
0: While his grandmother was a lifelong believer in life after death, Aaron admits uh, that he wasn't too convinced until she revealed herself to him through a candle she made. Okay. And uh, (laughs) until she revealed herself to him through a candle, she made him promise to light. Once she passed, he claimed that once he blew it out, her ghost appeared in the room with a cold blast that took her shape and said, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Here you have. The, a single moment to converse with your grandson,
1: to let side. him know that, yes,
0: you've crossed I'm sorry, over. I'm sorry. You've, I'm you've entered this world of, of light and love where you reconnect with anyone who's ever been meaningful in your entire life, and you have your chance to assure your son that no matter how much he misses his granddaughter, uh, grandmother and how scared he is about death, it's going to be okay. And what do you say? Fucking told you. In your face, dickhead. <laughs> Gotcha. I bet that blast of cold wind was just a fart. She ripped a fart, said, I told you, and went back to heaven.
1: The ultimate crop dusting. (laughs) Crop dusting from the other side. Crop dusted by my grandmother.
0: (laughs) The Aaron Carter story. I feel
1: like this is where it all went wrong for Aaron.
0: All right, uh, that's uh, that's our celebrity stories. Um, let's get to the mailbag. Um, I always uh, uh, love listening, um, uh, reading these and, and sorting through the ones we're gonna read. Some, quite a few people have sent me, uh, there's a lot of Five content. A lot of people are sending me links to Five. Look, it's done, I'm over it. I haven't listened to Five in a couple of weeks now. It was a short infatuation, but you know, I do appreciate it. If you're getting joy from Five, because I have had some people send me like videos of um, them singing along to Five and stuff like that, great. All for it. Don't need to. Don't need any more updates. Right. Uh, but I do, I do appreciate you writing in. But if you want to contact us, you can at Tofop.com. There's a little drop down menu. Um, you choose the podcast you want to email. If it's two guys, one cup, or tofop, or Fofop or philosophy. And so just choose tofop and send us a message that way. One this one is from Anthony, who says I was listening to a recent fop with podcast Mike. That was a couple episodes ago. Multimedia, no multiverse Mike, where you were discussing whether it would be worth rebranding tofop. Mm. Maybe you've already thought of it, but it just struck me. Oh, so what we're saying is, in the same way that a um, uh, uh, thirty-foot of grunt became the ordinary fear of God, yeah. do we change, you know, to the ordinary fear of Pod? So what uh, Anthony is suggesting is that we change it to um, to include your two old friends or mates tagline. So T O F. So perhaps TOFOP could be two old friends on Pod, and FOFOP would be for our friends of on Pod. <laughs> mm. Just a thought. Two old
1: friends on pod.
0: I mean, that's <laughs> not on pot. Might be a more accurate <laughs> statement, I think. Two old friends on pod, as opposed to pod. But you know, either works. I like,
1: and our, then fof, I mean, two old friends on friend. pod, and two old friends on pod are both great. For our
0: friends on pod,
1: for our friends, for on our pod.
0: friends on pod. That doesn't quite work because it's yeah. not for our friends. It's generally our friends are on the pod. Yeah. So, fully our friends on pod. <laughs> Yes. Frankly, our friends on pod.
1: Finally, our friends on.
0: Finally, finally?
1: Finally?
0: I don't know if that works either. Finally, our friends on pod or? Fantastic. Fantastically?
1: Our... No, no, that doesn't work.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, this is from Eva. Hey, Will and Charlie. I was feeling rather anxious while listening to Charlie's story yes. in episode 379. Right. And I started to reflect back on other tales of Charlie's shenanigans. I then had a question for Will. Mm-hmm. Will, are you worried that your good friend Charlie Clawson is going to die doing what should be a mundane task in a dangerously unique way? As much as I enjoy his takes, I'm starting to think we need to do an intervention.
1: No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> it's like, content. I mean, last week I was, it's good content. Is Like, I mean, I yeah. feel like it's our strongest content. Is Charlie's misadventures. In fact, if anything, I and they don't have to be, I mean, you know what the last one felt like? It felt like one of those sequels where the studios go, everything's gotta be bigger. We've got to have more stakes yeah. on the line. More explosions. Yeah, we love that story of when he lost his phone and had to go all yeah. over town to find well, his phone back. But this, you know what it is? Yeah. It's the career of Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Like, you used to be able to just go
0: watch a Tom Cruise film because yeah. it was Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. But then it's like, we need to see him put his life in danger. <laughs> if you're going to sell a ticket,
1: <laughs> you know we want to
0: see him put his life in danger. You,
1: you know what? I, I don't need you to do all your own stunts, Charlie. <laughs> Imagine if you, yeah. kept going, you go out on the publicity tour for this <laughs> podcast and you're like, you know, each of these stories, I actually do all my own stunts. I was in that car. <laughs> uh, last
0: bit of mail here from Stephanie. It's a bit of a longer one. Mm-hmm. Hey, Will and Charlie, I want to thank you so much for posting my AI fan art on your Instagram page. I'm glad you guys liked it. You're welcome. Will, finally got to see your stand-up at the end more after the delay from lockdowns. It was your night of improv, which I loved, but I hadn't been keeping up with the podcasts. When I booked before the lockdown, I hadn't realized that one night was improv and the other was logical. I wanted to ask if you'll be doing logical in Sydney again, because I'd love to see it.
1: Um uh, well, firstly, can I say thank you to everyone who came out and saw the show everywhere? Willogical, we can. um won uh, the best show of the festival at the Sydney Comedy Festival, so that was fun. Uh, Did shared... you get up and thank God? I was not there, I, but it was, I shared that with Reese Nicholson who won the best award in Melbourne, and uh, apparently that show is fantastic as well. Um, I would like to, yes. I would like to do the show some more, um, but I don't know if I will get to... Um, uh, and I don't know what shape or format that will take, but I would like to do the show some more. Uh, Stephanie continues. The night consisted of some obscure
0: audience-made ocean. The night consisted of some obscure audience-made Ocean's Eleven, including corrupt cops, an incestuous couple, and a banker doing dodgy dealings. It was a great laugh. And even though I was struggling with COVID fatigue that lingered for weeks, your jokes made me stay awake. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, that's the highest compliment. a a ringing endorsement. (laughs) I did not fall asleep during your show. (laughs) Uh, The strangest part of the night was actually when the lights turned on and I went to leave. As I was walking out of the theater, I heard a woman say to her partner, it was great, but I wasn't sure about all the sexual jokes, to which he replied, yeah, he doesn't normally make jokes like that on his podcasts or other (laughs) stand-up. I tried to contain my laughter, thinking to myself, You've clearly never listened to a single typhon. <laughs> I honestly struggle to think of a podcast without a single sexual joke or at least a hint of one.
1: To, to the point where there's a warning at the start about the sexual references. Uh, Charlie, I'd I like will to say petition- though, just, oh. just for the record, that um, yeah, uh, it was it was a little sexual. That night, <laughs> just some, <laughs> right. it's, it, I had this running joke about this. Um, because it was quite a handsome young man down the front and there was this like older lady cop in the audience who like when I said oh, he yeah. was handsome basically wrenched her neck out trying to turn around and check out this young guy. <laughs> and then I went on a very long and detailed riff about the sexual awakening that he was about to experience at the hands <laughs> of this older lady. So uh, her name was Gail and I believe the expression blowing a gale" was involved. So there was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot yeah. Of, uh, yeah, it was a very, sexy, you would have sh- it was a particularly sh- sexual riffy night that night. Uh,
0: particularly if anyone has like discovered you through your highbrow chats on philosophy, mm-hmm. and they're like, I quite like these podcasts, that yeah. Anderson does. And then they stumble across the flop. I actually had someone, I was at an event last night, come up to me and, uh, well not come up to me, but Jen was talking to her and she was like, oh, um, uh, you, you did the podcast with Will and she's, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, it's great. I love it. I've never missed an episode. I was like, oh, which one? And she's like, well, philosophy. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah I mean,
1: yeah. well, yeah. I've yeah, been on that. I mean, I mean yeah. Yeah, I've so been on it. She's, honest, she's, you know? she's I, heard your advertisement pro- at least.
0: I, you know, occasionally do some promotion and, and pay you dividends yeah, from love, whatever advertisement we celebrate. I mean, well, I guess. you know,
1: my favorite bit of the, the whole thing is your ads, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh,
1: Stephanie says, Charlie,
0: I want to petition a new member of five in the absence of Jay. Who may you ask? Another, none other than Louis Thoreau, of course. Oh, if you yeah. want proof of his rapping abilities, yes. an auto-tuned version of him rapping has been doing the rounds of TikTok, and it sounds a little something like this. <laughs> and it sounds a little something like this. Mike? Mike? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: don't cut any of that i want people to know what we're working with this is this is why the counting gets fucked up every week and it sounds louis Thoreau rapping sounds a little something like
1: this i i have rapped in a program i did a weird weekends episode about rap can you remember any of the rap that you did my money don't jiggle jiggle it folds i'd like to see you wiggle wiggle sure and makes me want to dribble dribble you know riding in my fear
0: you really have to see it six feet two in a compact no slack but luckily the
1: seats go back i got a knack to relax in my mind i sitting south. red red wine nice.
0: <laughs> i mean i gotta say it's not that much worse than Jay. <laughs> like it's not that bad. I reckon he could easily I mean Louis Thoreau, would he be L? Or would you give him another rapper pseudonym? Thoreau. Interesting. Louis T. He's,
1: I think he's Thoreau. He's Louis Thoreau. Thoreau. It's Justin Thoreau and Louis Thoreau, even though ah, they're right. related to each other. Um so um Um Louis. Is it loose Louis oh, Luki, Luki, yeah. l, 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 l- through doesn't quite work. I mean, I think it's Can't more like, is l- it like L U hyphen E or something like that? Like Louie, or I, like, you know what I mean? Like it's got to have, oh, yeah, like yeah, a- yeah. And the
0: E is actually yeah. a three, yeah, <laughs> Lou three for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, That's it for the mailbag. Thank you so much for writing in. If you want to follow us, you can. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Tofop, T-O-F-O-P. Stands for two old friends on pod, apparently, (laughs) what stands for now. And you can also go to Tofop.com to check out some of our other great podcasts. Um, I'm doing Fofop this week, and it would be coming out on Tuesday, but I was meant to be recording today, and I fucked up the time difference between here and LA, so unfortunately it's going to be coming out a day late. So on Wednesday, when uh, this episode of Tofop comes out, I'll be interviewing Harriet Dyer, Fantastic Australian actress you might know from uh, No Activity, The Other Guy. She was in the movie The Invisible Man. And uh, she's got an upcoming sitcom coming out called Colin from Accounts. But she's awesome, Harry. So I'll be chatting to her tomorrow, which will be coming out on Wednesday. Oh, no, on, on Tuesday. She'll be coming out on Wednesday.
1: Um, also on Wednesday, we Two, Guys One, Two Guys, One Cup, exclusive to the listener app. So you just have to download that app. It's a free app. And you can listen to our AFL-adjacent uh, podcast podcast
0: and uh that's a great way to support this show yes, if indeed. you can't support our patreon which is tofop.com slash tofop which is still the best way to get money to us if you have money to spare but if you don't have money to spare but you have ears to spare <laughs> listen to uh <laughs> us on the listener app because that lets um them know that we, oh and we have like a and, youtube and, channel and as well we put
1: little clips and oh, yes. uh, stuff on the youtube channel tofop tv um that's something that we should always plug because uh, i feel like not many people still know about that so if you want to go to our youtube uh page have a look at all the clips there share some stuff around if you find it funny that would be really good
0: and uh there's a new bonus episode up on our patreon we recorded it last week it'll be up there until well it'll be up there forever but until we record it a new <laughs> episode next
1: week forever
0: <laughs> forever uh plus there's full videos of these uh, Tofop episodes. So if you want to sit with Will and I, look at our faces, why we say these things, you can at patreon.com. You can sign up for any level from as little as a dollar, up to as much as you want to support. got some more posts being sent out this week. But that has been Tofop. Thank you for joining us. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will
1: Anderson. And Charlie, can I ask you just before we go? Yeah. Are you you afraid of ghosts?
0: I ain't afraid of no ghosts.
1: Okay. Does that mean that you are afraid of lots of ghosts? Lots of
0: ghosts. Lots of ghosts terrify me how long not long
1: everyone relax
0: this podcast is a tofop production head to tofop.com for more cool things for cool people